Welcome to another vital message from Pastor Ron Hammonds, Senior Pastor of Golden Triangle Church on the Rock in Southeast Texas. We're so glad you're joining us. For more information about Golden Triangle Church on the Rock Ministries, visit our website, cotr.com. Enjoy the Word. Are you ready for the Word? All right, well, if you're ready for the Word, tonight I'm going to encourage you to open up your Bibles to Acts. We have been in the book of Acts for a little while, and uh, we are tonight going to be in chapter 11 in the book of Acts. And tonight the message is entitled, A Fresh Word. A fresh word. Oh, man. Uh, God always has a fresh word for us. And before we're finished, you're going to see how important it is for people to make sure they embrace that fresh word. All right. Well, let me set the stage for tonight's word. The Apostle Peter, in Acts chapter 10, had received a vision from the Lord about how God wanted him to reach outside of his paradigm, outside of his perspective, outside of the things that he had been raised believing. What had he believed? Well, he believed that only the Jews could be blessed by God. That was what he was raised believing. He believed that, that God uh, did not, you know, did not appreciate the Gentiles did not have a plan for the Gentiles like he did for the Jews. He was raised believing that by good and wonderful people. And that had been their experience. Their experience was that God chose Israel, and indeed he did, but that didn't mean that he did not have a plan to also choose others. He chose the Gentiles as well. So Peter was having a lot of trouble here. Whenever a voice from heaven and a vision showed him that God wanted him to step outside of his paradigm. And God even told him, there are some men at the gate and I want you to go with them without question. They're Gentiles, go with them. So he walks down under the leadership of God, under a direct word from God, and he goes with them about 30 miles north. And they get to the town of Caesarea. In Caesarea, a Roman centurion had received orders from an angel to send and get Peter. That Peter would tell them what they needed to do. So when Peter got back to this Roman centurion's house, whose name was Cornelius, Peter began to say to them, I can see that God is no respecter of persons, that God does not look at one person as being better than another person. I can see now that I have been wrong. I can see now that I have been mistaken. I can now see that God loves every person the same, whether they are Jew or Gentile, whether they are Greek Whoever, God loves them the same. That was a big mind shift for the Apostle Peter. And so as the Apostle Peter was still speaking, you can read about it, Acts chapter 10. We have gone over this, but I'm recapping at the moment. 
as the Apostle Peter is still speaking, the Holy Spirit falls on all of these Gentiles and baptizes them in the Holy Spirit. And they began to speak in tongues and praise God. And, and uh, Peter saw that the very same thing that happened to him on the day of Pentecost happened to these Gentiles in Caesarea. And it not only shocked him, but it changed his mind about God's plan. And all of a sudden, he began to understand that God has a bigger plan to include more people than I had ever imagined. And there, he said to Cornelius, listen, you guys may as well go ahead and be water baptized because you have been saved, you have believed Jesus You've been saved. You've been filled with the Holy Spirit. Let's water baptize you in the name of Jesus. And you can become a part of the fellowship of the Christians, of the believers, of the body of Christ. You can become a part of the church. And so they were water baptized and everybody just said, praise God. Well, everybody except the people who weren't there that didn't see it, that had not experienced it. Everyone except the people who were still stuck in their old mindset. You know, sometimes you can change your mind about something because you have an experience and other people have not yet had that experience and they're still stuck in the former thoughts still stuck in a place where they believe something that they were raised to believe. They were, uh, you know, the, the only experience they've ever had, uh, and yet you see it different. Well, that's the way it was with Peter. And so this is what brings us to Acts chapter 11. In Acts chapter 11 and verse 1, the Bible says, reading from the New King James Version, Now the apostles... And the brethren who were in Judea, basically there in Jerusalem, when they heard that Gentiles had also received the word of God. Well, it didn't say when, but it, it, it says that now the apostles and the brethren who were in Judea heard. They heard that the Gentiles had also received the word of God. Verse 2. And when Peter came up to Jerusalem, when he got back to Jerusalem, those of the circumcision, those who were of the Jewish persuasion, they contended with Peter. They argued with him. They had a problem with him. They were angry with him. Okay, They were mad at him. Here Peter has let the Gentiles be water baptized in the name of Jesus, and they have heard about it. They heard about it in Jerusalem. And when Peter got back to Jerusalem, the Jews were mad at him. They were angry with him. They were fussing at him. They no doubt had been talking about it. And you know how things get when you start talking about it. They evidently had gotten very angry. And so they began to contend with him. If you continue to read, you'll see that they said, Peter, you went in to those uncircumcised Gentiles, and you ate with them? I mean, they're getting on to him. They're, you know, I mean, they're, they're mad. Are you getting the picture? 
Okay? I want to stress that. I want to stress the fact that they were angry, that they were mad, that they believed they had something to be mad about because they had heard that Peter had gone in to some Gentiles and he had allowed them to get saved. He had allowed them, you know, uh, the fellowship with the believers. He had water baptized them and he had even sat down and had food with them, which was against everything that they could imagine was right. They were angry. They had heard. Who did they hear it from? Well, we don't know. You know, but do you know that what you hear affects how you feel about other people? Hello? What you hear about people will affect how you feel about them when you haven't even seen them yet. When you haven't even listened to them yet. When you don't even know what happened yet. Somebody else heard something. Somebody else came and decided that what they heard, whoo, man, the apostles and the brethren who are at Jerusalem need to hear this. They need to find out what Peter did. You know, and it grew and it grew and it grew and it grew so that by the time Peter got back to Jerusalem, they were mad at him. They were angry with him. Peter, you know, in verse 4, if you were to read that, Peter basically says this, wait, 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 hold, hold on a second. Listen, wait, wait. Let me explain this to you. Evidently, you don't know the whole story. Evidently, you don't know what happened. Evidently, you have only heard a part of what happened. Okay? You can read it. They heard it. They were mad, and they repeated something that they heard, which had really happened. And sometimes you can know something that really happened, but you don't know why it happened, how it happened, what happened as a result of that. What, you, know, you don't know the whole story. You just know the little bit that you were told. Boy, this is some good stuff here. <laughs> Come on. Come on. God put this in the Bible for a reason. That something wonderful happened. It did not happen because Peter orchestrated it. It did not even happen because he wanted it. It happened at the unfolding of, of God's plan. And when others told it, they left a lot of it out, evidently, because Peter said, wait a second, <laughs> let me start at the beginning. That's what he said in verse 4. Let me start at the beginning. Before you examine me, you need to shut up and listen to the whole story. Because if you keep jumping on parts of it that you don't agree with, you're going to keep being angry when you should be glorifying God because the outcome is much better than what you think you think that this is you know destroying the kingdom this is building the kingdom you don't know 
you only think you know. You, you know, they had evidently heard part of the story. And listen, here's the truth. The person who tells the story is always the hero of their narrative. Hello? Yeah. Do you know most likely whenever you tell your memories and someone else tells memories of the same event, you're the hero of your story, they're the hero of theirs. <laughs> yeah. When you tell your story, you're the one that was right. And if you tell the story about someone else being right, it's because you were the bigger person. <laughs> this is good stuff. Human nature. It's human nature to be the hero of your own narrative. So whoever had told them this, most likely, you know, they were the champion of the moment. And, and uh, you know, uh, uh, the first person... The first person to tell the story is the one who is believed. I didn't say that. Solomon did. In Proverbs 18, verse 27. Okay, Solomon said, the first person to tell the story is the one who is believed. He actually says, the New Living Translation, the first person to tell the story in court is the one who is believed. Have you ever had this experience? That you start to tell someone something because you were there, or maybe it's about you, and they say, well, that's not what I heard. <laughs> Why? Because somebody else done told them first, and they believe that one. And you can say, well, it happened. Well, that's not the way I heard it. And you defend what you heard when you weren't even there, and they were there, but you're going to defend what you heard from a person who probably was not there either. You're talking to somebody who was there. You heard from somebody that wasn't there. And you're going to defend that narrative because it's the first thing you heard. The first thing we hear imprints us. That's what Solomon said. When the first story imprints something on you. And it makes you suspicious of every other narrative. That's human nature. And the Bible explains it very well. Proverbs 18, 17, not 18, 27. It says the first to speak in court sounds right until the cross-examination begins. <laughs> but even at the cross-examination, the mind is already, you know, filtering everything that you're hearing through what you heard. Ooh. Because you are constantly on a jury trying to decide what truth is. Well, so Peter says, hold on a minute. Perhaps you don't have the whole story. And by the way, uh, don't think that you know the whole story. Don't, don't ever imagine you can hear both sides from one person. Impossible. You can't hear both sides from one person. Don't think you can tell both sides. You can't. Okay. Peter begins at the beginning. He said, well, listen now, let me go, to, go back to the beginning. I was in the city of Joppa, and I saw this vision, and the Lord spoke to me, and he told me to go, and I went. And while I was just telling them, the Holy Spirit, the same thing that happened to us at Pentecost happened to them. The Holy Spirit fell on them. 
And I mean, who was I to forbid water to those upon whom? I mean, if God, look, look what he says in verse 17. If therefore God gave them the same gift as he gave us when we believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I that I could withstand God? Now, you know, he has just told him the whole story. When he's got to the end, he said, God, you know, I'm not the one. God poured out the Holy Spirit upon them like he did on us at the day of Pentecost. Who am I to say God can't do that? So at that point, they set back a little bit. All those people that were contending, that had only heard the first report, had only heard one witness, had only heard, you know, uh, you know one story, one narrative, you know. They sit back. Hmm. And the guy that told us this left a lot of stuff out, I think. <laughs> you know, as, as is normal. Hmm. So, verse 18 continues. When they heard these things, they became silent. That's what they did. See, they went, hmm. When they heard the whole story, they became silent. Okay. And subsequent to that silence, subsequent to, to them stopped, stopping their contention and their argumentative state and their fussing, subject to that, they began to glorify God, saying, then God has also granted to the Gentiles repentance to life. I mean, it completely changed their mind. It, I mean, everything just changed. Oh, wow, okay, now we understand. I love people that are only looking for the truth and not looking to defend the first story they heard. Don't you? Don't you love it? Don't you take a breath? Don't you sigh a sigh of relief whenever someone says, well, that's not what I heard. And you say, well, let me tell you about it. And they go, oh, yeah, I can see that. Sure. Yeah. Well, don't you go, oh, isn't it wonderful to be believed? Isn't it wonderful to feel as though that, oh, finally, someone, you know, yeah, I love that. You know, you, you can give that gift to other people. You can give that wonderful feeling to other people whenever other people say, well, that's not what I meant, or that's not what I said, or, or hold on a second, let me explain. And so you hold on, and when they explain, you can go, well, I'm glad I know that. Okay, I'm not going to contend anymore. Let's just all glorify God. Praise God for that, man. I thought you were a stinker. Now I know you're okay. Great. You know, hello. I know you didn't mean that. I know you didn't want to offend me. I know that, you know, if someone ever says, well, that's not what I meant, just believe them. Give it up right there. If not, you have a problem. And you're giving them a problem. You are a problem, actually. Yeah. Because most likely, if they meant it, they would say, yeah, I meant that. <laughs> okay? So if they say, well, that's not what I meant. Well, that's not what I said. Well, that's not the way I said it. That's not the, you know, that's, that's taken out of context. Just believe it. Just accept it. It'll save you and everybody else a whole ton of problems. Okay? There's no reason for us to try to make something out of nothing or to not listen to the whole course and the whole narrative but zero in on just bits and pieces of it that we wouldn't like if that was the standalone version. Okay? But there is no standalone. No one scripture can tell the whole story. And no one 
phrase can be the whole news report. When you watch the news, you listen to the news, you read the news, don't you know you're getting snippets? You're getting cherry-picked parts of conversations, mostly taken out of context to prove a point. It's the same thing happening 2,000 years ago. When the whole story was told, their opinions, their decisions changed, their questions were answered. You know, as I said, first they became silent, and, and, and then after consideration, they gave glory to God, and they agreed with Peter. Verse 19. This is where I was getting. All of that was just prelude, okay? This is, this is our message now. Okay, are you ready? I'm, I'm, I'm serious. Um, <laughs> now, those who were scattered... You remember Stephen was stoned? This is where we're going. Those who were scattered after the persecution that arose over Stephen traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch, preaching the word to no one but the Jews only. Wow. Can you imagine being sent out and only preaching to one people group? You only believe one people group can be saved? Only one people group deserves to hear the word or can hear the word? That's what they... But wouldn't you know it? Wouldn't you know there's some renegades in the crowd? But some of them were men from Cyprus and Cyrene. Cyprus is an island off about 60 miles off the coast of, of Syria. It's out in the Mediterranean. Uh, Cyrene is, is, is in Libya, the area of Libya, North Africa. Okay. And uh, these two places were populated early on by, uh, uh, by uh, some Jews. And in fact, the guy that carried the cross of Jesus you know, was a Cyrenian. He, he, had, he was a, a, a Jew from North Africa that had gone up to, uh, to Jerusalem for the Passover. Okay. Well, at any rate, uh, some of these men who were in the church in Jerusalem when Stephen was stoned, everybody started leaving the church. They were scattered. And, 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 and when they were scattered, they went as far as Phoenicia and Cyprus, and they went to, to Antioch, and they preached only to Jews. Uh, uh, but there were some men who were from Cyprus and Cyrene who when they had come to Antioch, guess what they did? They spoke to the Gentiles, to the Hellenists. This does not mean the Hellenistic Jews. This literally means the Gentiles. They, 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 they actually, I can't believe they, they preached Jesus to Gentiles. They didn't know what they were doing. Okay? They didn't understand this. They had evidently not been raised in Jerusalem under this strict legal, legalistic mosaic law. They were from North Africa. They were from an island. And they didn't understand you can't preach to everyone. And so they went out and they just went ahead when they got to Antioch and preached to some of the Hellenists, some of the Gentiles. And, uh, 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 and, and the hand of the Lord was with them. And a great number of these Gentiles believed and turned to the Lord. Why did they preach to the Gentiles as well? Because perhaps they had been in Jerusalem at the time that Peter made his defense. And at the time that the apostles had said, uh, you know, great, glory to God. He has poured out his spirit on the Gentiles as well. Maybe they heard that. Maybe, maybe they, because it's, it's connected in Scripture. It's just not even one verse apart. It's just the next verse. Okay? So maybe they had heard something, 
how that Peter had, had, had led Gentiles to the Lord, and when they got to Antioch, they thought, well, if Peter's done it, I mean, I mean, why, why not try it? And so they talked to the Hellenists, and the Hellenists, the, the, the Gentiles, they started getting saved. A great number of them believed and turned to the Lord. Then the news of these things came to the ears of the church in Jerusalem. Oh, no. <laughs> got to get Jerusalem involved again. Got to go back and tell them, oh, my goodness, some of the Gentiles done got saved in Antioch. Now, this was spreading Caesarea it's okay it's still within the israeli borders but but now we've got antioch which is in syria we have syrian gentiles getting saved now what is next so what did they do they sent out barnabas to go as far as antioch go as far as antioch <laughs> wow uh, i think that is very interesting that they uh, they wanted Barnabas to go out, but they didn't want him going any farther. You can go check on this, but don't, don't let this spread. <laughs> okay, don't let this. Oh, my goodness. We can't have a bunch of them in our church. Hello. Aren't you glad God put stuff like this in the Bible? Verse 23. So when Barnabas, he came... Uh, to Antioch and had seen the grace of God. That's how Barnabas took it. This is the grace of God. He was glad and he encouraged them all that with purpose of heart they should continue with the Lord. Oh no, he's, he's pouring fuel on this fire. He's saying great deal. And do you know what the Bible has to say about a man like that? Look what it says. It's, it's, it's making an apology. Luke, Luke, the beloved physician who is writing this is making an apology here. Or he's, he's at least saying, uh, you know, telling you why. Because it says, you know, that, that, that he came and, and he had seen the grace of God. And he encouraged them all with purpose of heart that you Gentiles should continue. And, and you men of Cyprus and Serene, y'all should continue this stuff, you know. Uh, just keep on keeping on. For he was a good man. <laughs> He's kind of making you know, an, an apology for Barnabas. He was a good man. Okay, Don't get upset at him doing this. You remember, uh, they didn't have a New Testament. This was being written years later. They didn't have a New Testament. They don't know what we know. They didn't have what we have. Okay, And, and here, Luke is testifying that Barnabas, he was a good man. He was full of the Holy Spirit and faith. You know? He wasn't doing something wrong, doing something bad. He was a good man. He was full of the Holy Spirit and faith. And, and of a, a, a great many people were added to the Lord. And then Barnabas departed to Tarsus to, to, to seek Paul, to look for Paul. Why? Because he needed some help there in Antioch. He needed some help. And, and he was the one that, that, that was down in Jerusalem and, and helped send Paul off to Tarsus because Paul was causing some trouble. We talked about troublemakers last Wednesday night. We covered that last Wednesday night. And, and, and here uh, uh, he's going back to seek Saul of Tarsus uh, uh, because you know Saul had been hiding out. He had been back to his hometown. And no doubt he was uh, very safe there because he was a Roman citizen and his family was known there. And so he was safe and hiding out to keep, you know, the trouble that had been caused because Herod had, had stretched his hand forth to persecute those in the church. We'll find out in the next chapter that it was not an easy time for believers in Jesus. But uh, 
Barnabas goes and gets Saul, the Apostle Paul, and brings him back to Antioch. And when he had found him, verse 26, he brought him to Antioch. So it was that for a whole year he and Saul assembled with the church and taught a great many people, and the disciples were first called Christians at Antioch. Wow. Antioch is a powerful, powerful expression of God's unfolding will and plan for the church. They were first called Christians. Not, not, it, it, it does not say, and they first called themselves Christians. This was a, a by and large um, a Gentile city, a Roman city, and other people called them. They didn't, it doesn't say that they first called themselves, but they were first called. Other people began to refer to those people as people who are like Christ. They're like Jesus. I've heard of Jesus, and that's what I heard he was like. Wow, what a badge of honor to be known in your community, especially a community who is not like you and might not have liked you for them to realize there's something about you because you have been like Jesus. That's what they said about the disciples. They were ignorant and unlearned men, but they knew they had been with Jesus. They knew that these people were acting like Jesus. Well, um, okay. I have three takeaways as I close tonight. Okay. The first one is, uh, uh, where you, where and when you stop God will call someone else to keep going. Where you draw the line, God will have someone else to go farther. They only went out as far as Antioch to preach only to Jews. Where you draw the line, where you stop, when you stop, where you stop, God will raise up someone else. God will call someone else to go farther. Okay? Because he wants the gospel spread to everyone all around the world. Okay? And he wants it lasting longer than we do. When I stop, God will raise someone else up with another call. Where I stop, God will raise someone else up to go further. Because the Antioch church is next going to... Barnabas was sent out to go as far as Antioch. The next time when the Antioch church lays his hands on Barnabas, they will send him to go and do all the Holy Spirit has called him to do. Yeah. Where we stop, Jerusalem stopped, they could only see as far as Antioch. Antioch saw the world. Uh, number two, we need to decide who we are going to be in the scenario. Are we going to be the ones that are used to bring Jesus to people? Or are we going to be the ones contending because it didn't happen like we thought it would happen? It didn't go where we thought they would go. And they shouldn't have talked to those people or included them in our party. Who are we going to be in the scenario? We get to choose who we're going to be. Are we going to be the ones contending because it didn't fit our paradigm? You know, in some moments, we are called to be certain things. There are some moments that I am called to be a father, and there are some moments I'm called to be a friend, even to the same person. You have to decide, what is my part today? You know, today I was speaking to a pastor 
uh, in South Carolina. He and I talked for an hour and a half. And uh, at the end of our conversation, uh, I said, you know, uh, I have not been called to be a father to you. I've been called to be a servant. And that's why I have taken the posture I have taken with you. And I have served you. Instead of trying to tell you what to do, I have tried to help you do what you said God called you to do. He said, you know, today, that's one of the biggest things anyone has ever said to me. I now understand. <laughs> you know, I didn't need a father, he said. I needed help. He said, and you helped me. I said, well, I just wanted you to know why I haven't been telling you what to do. It's because it's not my calling. That's not who God told me to be in our relationship. Sometimes you're called to be a leader. Sometimes you're called to be a follower. You need to decide who you're called to be in every situation. Sometimes you're called to be a boss. Sometimes a servant. Sometimes you, uh, you know, uh, you're, you're, you're called to be an idea person. And sometimes you're called to be a decision maker. Sometimes a goer. Sometimes a stayer. We need to decide who we are called to be and who we're going to be in every situation. And just be that. Be content with being that. You know? Number three. Uh, like Abraham, you know, we must always be ready for a fresh word from God. Those people who were contending with Peter, they, the last word they heard was, God does not save Gentiles. They had to be open to a fresh word from God. God does save Gentiles. We need to be open. Abraham needed to be open. You know, one day God said, you know, uh, sacrifice your son Isaac. Three days later, he said, don't sacrifice your son Isaac. Which one is God? They were both God. You need to be open for a fresh word from God. Because if you're not open for a fresh word from God, you could miss God. And missing either one of those would have been uh, critical to what God was trying to accomplish. You know, God may, uh, and, and again, uh, as, as I share with that pastor today, God may tell you one thing to get you motivated and to get you going and to get you out there and to get you where you need to be. And, and then all of a sudden you hear a word that sounds diametrically opposed to the last word that you received. God's not schizophrenic and he's not confused. If there's anybody confused, it's you. But you do what God said. You don't know why God says what he says, but do what he says. And then do what he says next time, too. They saw it in a new way. That's what Peter said. Who was I that I could withstand God? What if God, because of reasons you cannot imagine tells you something that you need to do and then right down the road says stop wow just say okay <laughs> blessed be the name of the Lord praise God amen thanks again for joining us for another relevant word from Pastor Ron Hammonds visit cotr.com and subscribe to our social media platforms to stay up to date. As well, receive more encouraging messages from our pastor and details of the work we're doing both in our community and communities like ours around the world. Today and every day, God bless.